Hello and welcome to Your Employment Matters. I'm Beverly Williams and I'm here to help you navigate your career. This is for anyone who's searching for their dream job or promotion, or perhaps you're just looking to hang on to the job you have. Today's work environments are multi-generational, multi-religious, multinational, multiracial, and multi-gender and multi-gender identity. Add market disruptors like Amazon and Lyft, along with the addition of AI, and it's easy to see why finding and keeping a job is such a challenge. Employment success and even employment survival depend on your ability to adapt. That's why my goal for this 30-minute podcast is to first advocate embracing change and differences, and second, to encourage you to proactively assume responsibility for your career. Get your work week off to a good start by listening to Your Employment Matters every Monday. Find out how to own your career and get the best practices for making your employment matter. Today's guest is one of my dear ones, another one of my adopted children, one of my family members. You establish relationships as you travel through life, hopefully, at least I have, that are like family. And in some instances, it's better than family because it's by choice. It's not a situation where it was created for you. It's a relationship that you created yourself. And I thought it would be interesting in this time of COVID-19 to hear from a college student who, among other things, was told that her school was going to be closed to students other than freshmen, as I understand it. And if I'm wrong, she'll correct me because Lord knows I do get things wrong sometimes. But that's what her grandmother told me. And I'm not blaming her grandmother. You know, we do what we can. But anyhow, so only the freshmen are on campus and she is in a house off campus with her housemates. She hasn't returned home from college because they've already paid for the house and she might as well stay there. So she's attending, if that's the right word, classes virtually and remotely. She's not on campus as it were. Another thing is she is my social media champion. She's the one that handles my social media accounts. And I'm really very grateful. I'm not really proficient with social media. I can tweet, I can post to Facebook, but I've been working on a book as I continuously tell you guys, and I really haven't had time. So my guest today has been very helpful in that regard. She's also a very active athlete. In fact, she received a scholarship, an athletic scholarship to attend college. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to my dear Jessica Kenquofi. Thank you for the introduction. Very happy to be on here with you virtually. It's now just a part of my everyday routine. But yeah, I think the introduction spoke for itself. I'm a college student. I attend Gettysburg College. Many of you might have heard of us. We made national news last week because of our COVID-19 outbreaks. But yeah, currently I'm in an off-campus house with some of my housemates and we are kind of sticking it out out here. 
just because we don't think it's really responsible to return to our home residences in different parts of the country and infect our, you know, loved ones and our immediate families. So we're staying out here with some other young people that go to the college, but the past couple of days have been very untraditional, just resetting and trying to get accustomed to not only going all online for my classes for the rest of the semester, but also we, it was communicated to us that off campus students are not allowed to step foot on campus for the rest of the semester, which was a little bit heartbreaking and shocking to hear just because, you know, as a senior, you're going into your fourth year at the institution and you've given a lot of time and effort and love and commitment into the college. And now just at the snap of a finger, it's all taken away. So our meal plans were canceled, can no longer work out at the gym or use any type of uh, college facilities or amenities. So we're really out here on our own. I guess we're uh, living it in the real world a little bit earlier than anticipated. But yeah. But you were living in the real world last year, weren't you? Technically, yes. I did study abroad. I went to Europe. So I guess you could count that as another snippet of real world adjustment. And then last semester, so the spring of 2020, I was in an apartment that was still considered on campus. So we still had access to everything on campus. But this is my first year living in an off-campus residence. Well, it's good preparation for you. Yes. You'll graduate later this year, right? Yes. On your own. What do you plan to do? That's a great question. I actually, some of my plans have changed in the past couple of months. After I got back from abroad, I was kind of faced with the question of whether I was going to sit for the GRE coming up for 2020 and start my applications to attend physical therapy school and hopefully be accepted to a doctorate physical therapy program to get my DPT. But I realized I had a lot of interests that I wanted to pursue before kind of going right into another education program. So those interests include social media. So not only helping Beverly with her platform for Your Employment Matters, but also at school, I've been able to take up a role with our campus recreation department. And I've been running our communications and social media for the past couple of months, which has been great. It's always been an interest of mine. But my current plans for post-grad are to return home to New Jersey and hopefully be able to be employed by a local physical therapy practice and just get more contact hours and really make sure that's the career field I want to go into, as well as kind of do some business on the side. Because at school right now, I'm a health sciences major and a business minor. So kind of finding the intersectionality between both disciplines. Well, you have family business interests that you may want to pursue also. Yes. Yeah. My dad's side of the family, they are big entrepreneurs. So that's always been a part of me that's always free running and definitely something I want to pursue more. My dad has his own import and export business to Ghana, where our family's from. And he kind of started that up because his background and what he's trained in is pharmaceuticals, but he really saw a need for people of Ghana to get goods and needs out to West Africa and things to get back to the United States. So he's had that business for a couple of years now. And both his brothers, my uncles, have launched their own entrepreneur efforts. My middle uncle, so he used to be a professional soccer player. So he's done a lot with professionally training young athletes to make it to the next level, as well as my dad's youngest brother. He's had a couple different business ventures. His most recent one was a superfood health company, and he was exporting moringa from Ghana 
And that was a great effort that he had. Just, you know, there wasn't too much of a demand. So what's moringa? Oh, sure. Moringa, it's similar almost to matcha. So, you know, all these new health trends are coming up. Like you mean green tea? Yes, like green tea extracted from a moringa tree, which is indigenous to Ghana. And so you can just eat it as it is in its powder form. You can mix it with water or some other type of like put it in a smoothie. He was able to make like cookies out of it, put it, make it into like a different like juice cleanse and things like that. But definitely that's something that's up and coming in the health industry and the market with the demand. And currently him and his wife, my aunt just opened her own hair salon in New Jersey and has been providing great services to New Jersey residents and actually clientele all over the country. She's pretty popular. So yeah, I guess really once I left high school, the entrepreneur track is kind of instilled in my brain. So definitely want to explore that path. So what you have any sense of what you'd want to do as you pursue your employment future? what journey, what path you're going to take. I mean, you're not, to your point, you're not limited to just one. Right, exactly. Yeah, without a doubt. That's also, yeah, something that I've realized in college. I can, I mean, really like, not to be cliche, but the world is your oyster. And so I think if anything, I'm really interested in just investigating, you know, technology and how it can be a part of everyday life. So really interested in see how technology can help with parking and parking permits and parking lots. So even on our campus here, something that I'm working on in my entrepreneur and independent study is seeing, you know, is there a way that we can track how students are coming in and out of the parking lots and who has the permits, who doesn't, just to make our Department of Safety's job easier. I'm also really interested in getting into food trucks. I think that food trucks are kind of something that's slept on. Do you cook? I do not cook, but I'm all about reaching out to my resources. So if you're listening out there and uh, you've always wanted to uh, get your cuisine skills up. You can uh, find me on social media and we can connect. But I guess my uh, latest idea is kind of putting frozen yogurt on a food truck and even acai bowls. And that's something I've been boggling around with. Now, what did you say? Acai? Yes, acai. I know what that is. It's an herb, but it's a gelatin, a gel cap, right? Well, yeah, there's same with like moringa and matcha. There's a couple different forms with it. But I guess the most popular right now for young adults is these acai bowls that are made by these different like smoothie bowl companies or even just like health food stores. And so they take the acai and it's a super berry and they blend it up and kind of put it into this nice like frozen consistency. And then what really attracts young people is the aesthetic of it. So, you know, they'll pile on the granola and put like coconut and like honey drizzle. And that's what really has uh, captured the young audience. So my whole thing is I would think it'd be cool if you could kind of do a self-serve type of platform so that people can really make it their own and not just have to conform to whatever the store is selling. Because in my personal experience, I'm not the biggest fan with every, you know, cacao nib and this additive and whey protein. But if I could just, you know, put some blueberries, strawberries and call it a day, like that's more my preference. But acai is the superfood, as you said. It's supposed to have some almost therapeutic properties, no? Right. It's very high, a lot of nutritional value. I mean, overall, it can be, you can dress it up, dress it down. You could eat it just as it's, you know, frozen consistency, or you can 
add it to your, you know, protein shakes or even cook with it. But I'm not really sure how it came up within the past five years. I'd say there's a huge demand for these frozen acai bowls and people just can't get enough of them. You know, I used to take acai. That's how I know what it is and what it purports to do. Okay. But then I found I couldn't find it in the drugstores anymore. <laughs> Right. But that wasn't what I was using. I was just taking, I think, maybe a pill or two a day. Right. And I'd do it again if I could find, where should I look for just an acai pill, a gel cap? I mean, I know usually the big like health food stores in the city. So, you know, the ones that are focused on all organic, all farm to table, those definitely would probably have it. If not, I would maybe even check out like a GNC or like a vitamin shop. They usually have some of the superfoods and berries that you can't find at your everyday grocery store or pharmacy. But definitely there's been a little bit of a revolution with how superfood is marketed and how, you know, they're actually getting it out there to their customers. So, oh, um, well, thank you for the information. (laughs) Of course. I'll get some tomorrow. (laughs) So now you talked about, well, we know you graduate in May of 2021. Yes. And you may not go to graduate school right away. Right. So how do you decide? A lot of young people, after they finish college, you know, they're just so tired. Right. You know, it's like, oh my goodness, I've been in school for four years. I need a break. Mm -hmm. And see, that was never my mindset. It was like, if I stop, I may not start again. (laughs) I just went straight through, except I didn't go to law school until much later, but I did go right into graduate school. Right. And I liked school. I always did. So it was never a problem for me to study. I like to read. Mm-hmm. I like what I was reading. You know, I, I rarely do things that I don't like to do. Right. Because I find that annoying and distressing. I try to manage my stress level. <laughs> and just reading things that I don't have to read and that I'm not enjoying reading, that is a double-edged sword for me. You know, sometimes right. as an attorney, I read stuff that I really would rather not read, but I have to read it. I get that. Mm-hmm. But if I'm not liking it and I don't want to, that's a problem for me. So I try to take cases that I know I'm going to be interested in pursuing and that don't get on my nerves. Right. <laughs> you know how I am. You know, oh, like, I okay, know. So when you graduate next May, what are you going to do right after you graduate? Do you want to go away? You want to go on vacation? What do you want to do? That's the million dollar question, getting that from my parents, grandparents, mentors, mentees. But I think after abroad, like I was saying before, I just realized not only physical places I have yet to see, but also just different disciplines of life. I mean, I had never realized how much I loved marketing until I went to France and I took a wine marketing course. And at first, you know, my dad was kind of, he was a little bit on the fence about, you know, wine, studying abroad and paying for that as a course. But it actually really helped me realize marketing and advertising and different business opportunities is something I want to go into. So hopefully when I graduate, I will be in communication with some physical therapy clinics and hopefully we'll be able to be taken on as a physical therapy aide, just so like I was saying, to get those contact hours that I need for grad school and also just explore more about the field. I've yet to see a lot with pediatrics 
I've done a lot with geriatrics and different sports performance stuff, but I definitely would want to see more with spine and different rehab. So hopefully I'll be able to do that. But also I have four younger siblings and they are kind of in their midst of teenage years and little kid years. So they're doing the whole, you know, soccer and this dance competition. And I haven't been able to be around for that for a couple of years. So definitely want to, you know, be there for my family. And I think you know, just keep exploring, keeping my mind open. That's the biggest thing I've learned in college so far. You never know what's behind that door and what more you can pursue. And I think that's something I definitely want to carry in to my post-grad life and not limit myself. That's kind of how I got into the mindset of taking a gap year. Just the opportunities are endless and there's so much I don't know about and so much I can start to know. And so I definitely want to explore more options and before I really set into, uh, okay, I'm going to DPT school. These are the next three years of my life. I just want to see what else is out there. Well, you're a global citizen. Yes. Have you considered where you might want to live? That's also a great question. Well, you know, I try. (laughs) I actually am very much interested eventually in possibly going back to France. I've been studying French in school since I was about seven years old. I'd always been able to speak in the classroom proficiently and, you know, write whatever essays we were doing to analyze whatever literature, but I never just got to, you know, immerse myself in the culture and get to know locals and just get to know the slang and what really is all about French culture. So if I could go back to France or even another Francophone country, that would be amazing just because I don't want that language to go to waste. Because you're fluent in French, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yeah, I thought I remembered that. Yes. It's been tough adjusting back to not being able to be in that culture all the time. And, you know, I was just so in love with the language and especially being in a homestay, I got to speak French from sunup to sundown and at school too and with locals at the market. And when we would travel, it was just such a great asset. And it really felt like, you know, something I'd been working so hard on for the past, I guess, seven to age 19. And I finally got to employ it. But I think, you know, like I was saying before, just being here for my family. So probably most likely just residing in New Jersey for a bit, but maybe given how our world is, hopefully a year from now, I'll be able to get back to Europe or even travel to a different Francophone country. Well, you move to France, I'll come visit you. (laughs) Perfect. I'll make sure I have a spare bedroom. Yes. Someplace I would like to stay, (laughs) you know? Yes. No dormitory like bedroom. No, only the best villa with a balcony view. I, well, it doesn't have to be all that, but you know what I'm talking about. I know. We got to have... doesn't have to be all that, but I don't want to wake up scared. <laughs> but, you know, we've talked so much about COVID. How has that impacted your life other than just your educational situation, the restrictions on your ability to be a student, a senior, right. an active student? That I can understand has got to be, if nothing else, at the very least, a disappointment. Right. And my heart breaks for you because, you know, senior year is a great year. Yes, agreed. But other than school, has it impacted your life in any other way? Uh, I mean, definitely I feel like school is like the big 
impact COVID has had. But just like socially in March and April, it was really tough having to always get on to a Zoom call or a FaceTime to communicate with my friends to, you know, actually remember that there's some physical body, you know, behind the screen. And yeah, if anything, it's been the social aspect. I mean, young adults, which is a problem too with COVID right now, we are the super spreaders because, you know, just can't get enough of each other. <laughs> it's been hard if I want to go out with my friends and they're not in my immediate circle, you know, having to wear a mask, who doesn't wear a mask? Does everyone have hand sanitizer? Is everyone comfortable with where we're going? And it's kind of these untraditional questions and situations that really open your eyes up to this isn't normal and, you know, will it ever get back to being normal? But I mean, I have a great support system here at Gettysburg. My friends, you know, we know it's not going to get easier anytime soon. We hope for the best, but definitely trying to make the most out of our senior year because we've all been looking forward to it, especially because, you know, leaving campus last semester in the spring, we were only on campus for like 45 days. And before that, we were all abroad for like six to eight months. So we are all, you know, looking forward to getting back to Gettysburg. And it's a place that we all cherish so much. But now it's definitely hard, you know, we're, uh, I guess we're considered the locals now. So actually exploring what outside of Gettysburg campus has to offer and seeing what else rural PA is like. But yeah, socially, I mean, it's been an adjustment, but I think for the, we're making the most out of it, you know. Well, like you, I hope this is over soon, but I don't think it's going to be over very soon. Right. Even if there is a vaccine, there are concerns about the efficacy and mm-hmm. the, the reliability and the safety exactly. associated with it. So I'll just be here in my house. <laughs> you know, I venture out periodically. Right. I'm just not a risk taker. Yeah, as you know, would be. My friends will say, oh, well, we could do this and we could do that and we could do that. I said, okay, but if I get in the car with you all, that's not six feet. Yep. <laughs> That's not happening. Right. And, you know, after all this time, I would hate to get sick after I've been in the house for low these many months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I've been fortunate and I recognize that the time of what I think I signed a contract with the publisher in April from April to August, the end of August, I wrote the book. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it was like wow, you've got something to do. (laughs) Now it's the first draft is finished. So I have to wait to get their feedback to see what they want me to change. And if they're satisfied with any of it, you know, they may say, oh, this is a piece of crap. You're going to start all over. (laughs) That would be a problem depending on what their input is specifically. Right. But I'm, I'm really, I guess passionate is the word. I'm passionate about trying to get people to think differently about employment. Mm -hmm. It's just not the way it used to be. The new normal is you have a job today, you could be jobless tomorrow. Exactly. And this pandemic is really making that crystal clear. Yeah. It's also making clear that, in my opinion, as one of my friends would say, in my humble opinion... (laughs) There is no way that healthcare, a family's healthcare, should be tethered to their employment. Right. If you don't have a job, should you die? No. Because you can't get medical attention? Exactly. I don't think so. Should your children be at risk because you don't have a job? 
No. And you don't have medical, you don't have health care coverage, you don't have medical coverage. That's just wrong, in my opinion. So, you know, I want, and I've been working on this, as you well know, for, for a few years now. Right. But people, it's as though they just feel that the way things have been are the way things are going to be. Mm-hmm. They don't make any moves to change. And it's distressing because especially now with the pandemic raging the way it has and the shutdown and people's businesses going out of business and people's jobs going away. You know, when the jobs went away, I get that it didn't make much sense for people to start looking for new jobs right away Mm -hmm. because they didn't know what was going to happen. Right. Everything was closed down except essential workers. And you really had most of that. You needed either training or the willingness to do that heavy work, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's in the kitchen cooking. Everybody can't cook. You don't you don't want everybody in the kitchen cooking. So if you're in the kitchen, not a you're not a chef or a cook, then you may be lifting large pans of food. You know, from one place to the other, that's not easy work. You know, if you're unskilled, and that's why I encourage people, if you don't want to go to college, college isn't for everyone, but Mm -hmm. you need additional training. Yes. Whether it's in the food service industry, whether it's in the building trades, whether it's as a firefighter, whatever it is, you need training and you need to keep up with training. But, you know, it's like people think that they're doing well now. Well, not now, but they were doing well. There's no reason to change what they do and how they do it Mm -hmm. where their employment is concerned. And it's very troubling because I can see it I saw it with the recession around 2008, 2009, when I wrote the first book. And who would have thought that we'd be in a similar situation today? Today. Right. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, even with my friends, you know, in 2008, we were only eight or nine years old. So most of us didn't even know what the stock market was or what a recession was. But, you know, now a lot of my friends and I are either, you know, finance or marketing majors or just know some type of background with business. And I'm a preacher of you never, like I was saying, you never know what's out there and opportunities are endless. But my sophomore year in college, I, I wasn't really employed, but you know, I wanted to make money for myself. So I actually went online and I was looking at jobs that were available that I could do not only at school, but also back home in New Jersey. And I was employed by Shipped, which is, you know, one of these online grocery service platforms. And now to look at that has been a major provider of groceries and other items that people have needed through the pandemic. And, you know, I told my friends, you know, DoorDash, Uber, Shipped, Instacart, like you don't have to really apply, you know, there's no required skill there. You need a car, a driver's license, clean record, and that's it. And if you have those resources and you have those accreditations, then by no means you you can't be employed by this company, uh, these companies. And so, a lot of my friends were able to make you know opportunities for themselves by seeking out these employments. And although that they are you know not the traditional nine to five, it's it's something. Multi source income is a big way to actually make money for yourself in this country. 
I'm not a, even though I'm only 21, I'm not a big believer on the nine to five lifestyle. I definitely think that it's a necessity to get yourself going, but I'm also, as my friends call me, a hustler. Strange that you should say that. I was thinking, you know, you are a hustle. You have, and you know what else? I'm sorry for interrupting you, but no, no. I've never heard of shift before. Right. I talked to a friend of mine that I used to work with and she's in Atlanta and she works for Ship too. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of it before. Yeah, I mean, in less than 24 hours. It's a great way to, you know, really get out there and make it for yourself. I mean, one of my friends earlier in May, you know, we were talking and college right now is not the path she wants to go down. And so she was working for a major corporation and she just sat down with me and she was like, you know, I'm tired of working for the man, you know, and, and I, you know, in the back of my head, I'm like, all right, well, you know, we're young. So that's kind of what our life is going to be like. But I told her, I was like, all right, well, have you ever considered DoorDash? Have you ever considered Shipped and Instacart? And she was like, I've never heard of those apps. And I was like, Literally, these are opportunities that are right here. There's a huge sector right now that the market hasn't infiltrated for, you know, private contractors. And I really believe that is the future for a lot of Americans. You know, if they can get access to those resources and get those accreditations, like your driver's license and whatever you need, you're golden. You can now have a salary. You might not have the all the advantages of working that nine to five with, you know, healthcare and security, but it's something. But they're you know. independent contract. Yes, they're independent contractors. There's no vacation, no mm-hmm. sick time, no, no medical benefits, you're just working on your own. Yes, yes. And I mean, for a lot of young people, that might be the best opportunity for them, you know, because just speaking on, you know, my personal experience, you know, both my parents are employed and, you know, have great healthcare insurance and have been able to help me out with college, help me out with my car and everything. So, you know, I have those resources. And so actually two out of the three jobs I have now are independent contracting jobs. I work for Shipped, and then I also work for a t-shirt apparel company and they both are independent contractor jobs. I do it on my own time. And when I really want, you know, when I'm <laughs> looking at my bank account, looking if I can uh, go out to dinner with my friends or anything, you know, I'm looking and I'm like, how am I going to increase my revenue and my income? And I'll sit down and I'll get an order together for the t-shirt company or I'll go out to the grocery store and pick up some orders, but it's instant cash. So it's kind of a huge trade-off for me. That's definitely uh, a big thing for me. Well, you are a hustler. <laughs> There's no question about it. Every time I talk to you, you're doing something different. Yep. <laughs> I plan to order a t-shirt. I don't know what it would say, but... Anything. I got pens, magnets, calendars, whatever you need. I don't need all that. <laughs> I really don't. Not at all. So you say you, say you have uh, siblings, younger siblings. Yes. Yes. So you're, you're the role model. Yes, I am. There's uh, significant age gaps between me and my siblings. My sister, who's the closest in age, she's turning 12 this fall. And then our twin brothers are turning nine. And then our youngest brother just turned four. Definitely they're living in kind of a different world. They definitely have had a different childhood than I have just, you know, with the influence of technology. But yeah, when my dad got remarried and they had my sister, 
it was honestly the biggest blessing in my life because I had been an only child till the age of nine. But they cracked me up and they definitely keep me on my toes, you know, texting me the newest iPhone that came out or new trend on social media or they're asking me to set up their Xbox or things like that. But they are um, definitely families always been a huge part of my identity and definitely get that from my dad. He comes from a really big family and even with his brothers, he's looked out for them since they were really young. And just, you know, he always is telling me, you just got to check up on the people you care about and always be there for them. Even though, you know, sometimes he, you know, he's always told me about, you know, when they get into these business ventures, it might not work out for one of them, but you got to still be with them, even though you might lose a little, you got to give some. So I try to do that with, you know, give that back to my siblings, even though they can't really give anything to me because, you know, they're all under the age of 13. But they do give you something. Of course. Yeah. They give you unconditional love and affection. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they do. And that's all I can ask for. Honestly, I give to them, you know, Christmas presents or they want to go out for ice cream or they need to be driven to this play date, you know, all use that gas money, all, you know, pay for their ice cream. Cause I mean, I don't know what I would do without them. So And they give me a purpose as a big sister. So it's heartwarming to see you and your siblings. Mm -hmm. They're so different, but they are all devoted to you. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. Even the little ones, even the twins, when they were running around. Yeah. You know, they would stop and, you know, they'd look at you and, you know, it's just with love in their eyes. And your sister mm-hmm. thought you, she was as old as you were. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you and your friends. Is there any advice that you would give a young person starting college or starting a new, first starting college and then starting a new job or looking mm-hmm. for a job? After, right. You know, suppose they were, they're senior like you and they were going to go and look for a job because right. you've looked for a number of jobs. I, I right. know over time that you've been on the hunt. Yes, definitely just creating your own brand through that process. Not only do you get to learn like about yourself and, you know, what you can bring to a company, because at the end of the day, any company is taking a risk on you. You're not really taking a risk on a company because they know that there's thousands of other opportunities out there. They know that they're not the only financial firm you're probably in communication with. So you have to really market to them. Why should they take a chance on you? And that's, you know, been my focus for these past couple of weeks and for the future. You know, what can I give to a physical therapy clinic? You know, I don't have any certifications besides a bachelor's degree. And, you know, I have an interest in physical therapy, but why should they take that chance on me. And so really, you know, if you can create your brand and market yourself and if someone asks you why you, you can just tell them straight out, this is why, this is how it will impact me, impact you. So that's definitely advice I'd give for a senior, you know, looking for a job right now. And I think that's important. You need to try to create a win-win. Right. And starting off with the employer first. Right. This what I can do for you. Exactly. This is what I will get out of it. Right. So it's not just a, they see it's not one-sided. You've thought about it mm-hmm. and it's, it's a win-win. I like to create win-win situations. I'm a hard worker. I'm reliable. Right. I have integrity. Mm-hmm. I'm honest. You know, I'll be the first one in and the last one out. If you're going to do that. Exactly. 
Yes. Don't don't make commitments and promises that you're not prepared to fulfill. Right. Yeah. That will damage your brand. Definitely. And, you know, there's sometimes people's brand don't serve them well. Mm-hmm. You know, there may have had a blip along the way and, you know, it's not really great. Right. But you can rehabilitate your brand, mm-hmm. but have to be committed to doing so. And you have to be persistent in what you do, persistent and consistent mm-hmm. so that people who see you and are around you and knew you before can see the difference. Yes. And they can see that it's stuck, that you not only changed, you've remained the way you were when you changed mm-hmm. and couldn't fall backward. Yes. Could not agree more. Yeah. And, you know, for the other young folks out there who, you know, might be going into college or they're in their middle years of college or even in high school, you know, you might feel like you haven't changed in a couple years and now you feel like you have to force, you have to force yourself to change, which is something I, you know, struggled with leaving high school and even in the middle years of college, you know, like everyone always says like college is, you know, transformative. It's when you find yourself and I was struggling. I was like, I haven't found myself, you know, and, but it hits you at when you least expect it, you know? And so when I was abroad, that's when it kind of changed me. And even last summer going into abroad, I just had a new outlook on, you know, how I want to really live my life and how I want to make money for myself, how I want to influence others. And it was something that I was doing almost like unconsciously, you know, and I think that has helped transform myself and, you know, realize my greatest potential and realize, okay, that, you know, this is who I am right now. And when I came back from abroad, you know, some of my family members are like, oh, you've changed, but, you know, I still see you're still competitive. You're still ambitious. You're still passionate. You're still friendly, bubbly, you know, whatever the attributes were, which was a great, I guess, character development for me, knowing that I hadn't lost, you know, my true self, but I'm kind of morphing into a new little part of me. You're becoming an adult. I guess so. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, you've lived long enough to have seen some things and they make sense to you now. Right. You know, the things that you were taught and told make sense to you. Mm -hmm. You see the benefit of the teachings. Right. And, you know, it's a blessing because everyone doesn't have the benefit of family that you have Mm -hmm. and court network that you have. Right. And it's a credit to your family. Mm Mm-hmm also a credit to you. Right. You're not a brat and you could very well be one. Yes. Yes. You could very well be a brat and you're not. Mm -hmm. You are a very engaging, compassionate, empathetic young woman with an excellent sense of humor. And I love you. Thank you. So now without further ado, we'll end this session. And thank you so much. You did me a huge favor. Now I have to try to track down my other guests. And maybe I'll do them later this week. But thank you so much. And it was so interesting. I think young people will benefit from hearing from you. I hope so. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to push this out, you know, because when young people hear employment, they think, uh, oh, I don't need that till post-grad or I don't need that till I'm, you know, 30 years old. But there's employment all around. And if you're over the age of 18, so many opportunities, you really don't have any legal constraints. So my uh, motto, just full send it, just go out there and, you know, market yourself and do what's going to make you happy and make you the most successful person you can be. 
Well, thank you so much, dear. I so appreciate you making time to do this. Of course. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to Your Employment Matters with Beverly Williams. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave a review. I truly appreciate your support and that helps other listeners find the podcast. If you have a comment, question, or suggestion, you can reach me at bawilliams at youremploymentmatters.com. My book, Get the Job Done, is available on amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. Please join me again next week. Until then, remember to embrace change and differences. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.